Good morrow to you all. You have fallen on bad times. Brought to you by Royal Holloway's Shakespeare Society. You join me, Cassie Dixon. And me, Jack Hardman, as we bear some bardy truths. Hello everyone and welcome back to Bard Times. This is your host Jack Hardman and our other host Cassie Dixon. Say hi Cassie. Hi everyone. So hello Cassie, how are you doing? I am doing great, thanks Jack. Uh, When worlds collide, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean this is, yeah, it's a very special episode of Bard Times that we have here today everyone. This is, uh, yeah, it's very rare that the two of us actually get to do this together. (laughs) I mean, it's not rare, it's never happened before. So yeah pedantics um right so cassie i have some questions uh for you as you do for me as to kind of uh podcasts and podcasts in general Mm -hmm. so i think yeah um so let's let's start it off so although i would love to take credit for uh bad times i think it was Um, you and your predecessor who actually brought up the idea of a podcast that Shakespeare was going to do as a way to kind of represent the different sides of the society being kind of theatre but also the academics and I wanted to basically ask you what inspired you as to come up with to come up with that idea. Well I unfortunately can't take credit for this either. Um, In a way I didn't conceive the podcast but I gave birth to it if if that makes sense. A horrible analogy. (laughs) We have become parents of this podcast. Um, But no, yes, one of my predecessors did come up with the idea. And um, during the handover uh, at the beginning of the year, when I took over this education role, um, the idea of the podcast was brought up to me in that meeting. And I just I latched onto it because I thought, what better way to spread awareness of uh, lesser known aspects of Shakespeare than a podcast during a global pandemic it it will reach audiences without them having to do anything or be anywhere and it's just a great way of of remote learning which is a bit fun as well and and a way of getting everybody involved with it yeah I couldn't agree more uh for those of you that that didn't know our original name for the for the podcast was going to be uh Shakespeare (laughs) um which Although I I absolutely adore, I think Bard Times is is has has got a special home, uh, in in our hearts. It, it does indeed, um, and I I can't really say that uh, Shakespeare is also in my heart. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> um, I vetoed that very quickly, um, but I I think Bard Times has become almost a household name at this point, which is quite nice. Yeah, we're practically famous. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure we have our regular listeners include like Ed Sheeran. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, Obama. Oh, oh, don't don't name drop all of them. No, no, no. No, it's true. It's true. We'll make people <laughs> jealous. Um. So, leading on from the focus on the pandemic, how have you found co-hosting a podcast during this last year, Jack? I I mean I don't know about you. I I've I think the thing that has really kind of which I really enjoy about it and and the thing that has kind of really resonated uh, with me uh while while doing this and and while learning more about it is is it is a really good opportunity to talk to some very intelligent people very lovely people about uh, about things that I don't know that much about um I think thinking back to some of the episodes where I've talked about things that I'm very much out of my depth with uh thinking back to my, uh, my episode with James Shannon 
um, where we talked about a lot of kind of Greek mythology and stuff like that. I learned a lot during uh, that that episode, and also like my episode with Lolly Hayes, where we talked about um, kind of gender representation uh, through makeup and kind of the expectations uh, through makeup. And again, I, it's something I I don't know an awful lot about. Um, and so yeah, I think that's probably my favorite part of the podcast is is yeah basically talking to people who know a lot more about things than me uh because uh, i'm a scientist and so <laughs> i i unless it has you know a tail i'm i'm not particularly knowledgeable about it i i think that's definitely something that that came out of the podcast this year it has been a learning experience for just for both of us in in that regard but also the people who who come on and it's just a way of bouncing ideas off of each other that's just really lovely um and as you said um obviously your segments of the podcast uh you focus more on the current theatrical um current events that that happen um at the moment and then any tie-ins with with shakespeare but how have you found those deep dives into the way that theater has been surviving during the pandemic i i find it i find it really interesting um there are lots of different opinions as to how to kind of maximize uh, exposure and enjoyment of theater through this pandemic there's been and you, we've seen it i think is is really fascinating uh, sitting like from our point of view kind of looking at it i mean you've been involved with a lot of a lot of them um i i i have taken slightly less of an involved uh, well, I've not been on a crew this year. Let's put it that way. Um, I have been on all the crews. <laughs> yes, you've been on every crew. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think looking at how different teams approach the very real problem of accessibility mm. for something where you're not actively watching it or like not actively being there and inv- being involved in it. So we've had uh, radio plays. Uh, for I mean, just looking at what Shakespeare's done, we've had Macbeth, which was a, a pure radio play. Then we had uh, same with Massacre, and then we had um, we had Hamlet, and now Measure for Measure, which both of which are kind of filmed, uh, kind of filmed plays, uh, almost more films, completely films. Mm. So it, it's so interesting to see how the kind of different steps have been taken over this year and how they've evolved and also how our understanding has evolved so basically i think that's the best bit about like talking to people who are creating theater through the pandemic is kind of looking at how things have adapted and how things have evolved um and kind of also what people have learned uh what do you think i absolutely agree i think with with the progression of our society's productions um, looking at that aspect of it again we've gone from just pure audio dramas to uh, hybrids of audio dramas and filmed productions and then with measure that's taken one step further and it's pretty much like a cinematic film or or we plan on on having it that way as yeah um, anyway and I think theatre has definitely suffered a big blow this past year however as you said it has adapted and it is evolving and I think I think looking at the more positive sides of the pandemic, what it has made creatives realize is just how many different 
formats that are out there that haven't been utilized as of yet. And I think that's what we're starting to see. We're starting to see theater and productions utilize those formats that were kind of brushed under the table um, in, in recent years or past years. Um, and I'm just very excited to see how theatre will um, grow from here. Uh, that's a really good point, looking at kind of how certain mediums, like uh, like radio plays, for instance. Mm. Radio plays were reserved for BBC4 and not much else um, for for a while, unless it's like an audiobook. And yeah. now we've kind of seen a lot of uh, resurgence, not just in the university, but outside of the university as well. A lot more kind of radio plays and things like that have been produced by different theatres. But looking inside the university, almost every performing arts society has created some kind of audio drama or yeah. something, something to do with that. And I think that's very telling. It is kind of like a... Um, the collective kind of consciousness has decided like, oh yeah, this is a thing that exists that already utilizes all the things that we need to happen. So let's do it. Obviously for my episodes, uh, I I just need to plan a few questions for people. And then generally we just uh, gossip and talk about stuff that we know. But um, for your episodes and watching your episodes, it seems like it, or it looks like you have put a ton of prep into every episode and a lot, a ton of planning. Uh, and so I wonder whether there are any pieces of advice that you would give to anyone who wants to uh, talk about kind of academic topics on a podcast uh, in, in terms of uh, planning and in terms of uh, things like that. So is it kind of a solitary thing? Is it a collaborative thing? I think um, just like us co-hosting, it's very much a collaborative process between myself and uh, that guest that week. Um, what I do is try and gauge their specialised topics and how that can relate to Shakespeare. So they're already in a comfort zone of their own, which is which is brilliant for them. And then um, we can try and decide on a specialised topic within that like topic. And, and I will go away, come up with... Um, sections within that specialized topic um for example um probably one of my most hefty episodes was the shakespearean propaganda one that i recorded with dominic breen and that did require i think perhaps the most historical research because we were focusing on shakespeare more during the tudor era than um how shakespeare is approached today and that involved looking at how propaganda was used back then and the other forms of propaganda so the uh, the sections would have been just for example the first one would be what types of propaganda would Shakespeare have used in in his works and then going on down to another section which would have been um, the histories because the histories was definitely where the propaganda was really seen yeah um, and then within that maybe like four or five questions under each section I would then send that to the guest far in advance a um, couple of weeks so they would have they would have proper uh, a proper amount of time to plan um, and the way that I write my um, my questions and answers is I practically write out a script because I don't know um, any anybody who who's there listening can hear me fumbling right now um, I'm kind of going <laughs> off the cuff right now um, which isn't my preferred way of answering or or questioning because I am very self-conscious about my voice and also how I come across when I'm 
speaking spontaneously. So I like having that script there as like a safety net. Sure. Um, but you know what? Even right now, I think the more practice I've had with the academic workshops and doing the podcast, it's helped me become more fluent. And even now, I'm not really fumbling. Um, I say that I'll be listening back over the, <laughs> over the next couple of days and I'll be like, oh, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> um, but but yes, like the advice I would have is just plan around your subject. Um, think about how the guest would um, would like to approach that topic and ask them if they have any particular questions or areas in that topic that they would like to pursue. Um, because I've always given them the option of um, suggesting questions of their own to answer. Um, and if they don't like a particular question on the outline that I give them, they can they can feel free to just say, no, I don't want to do that. Or have you tried this instead? So it is very much a, a collaborative process, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of what you were what you were saying about the whole kind of uh, self-conscious uh, speaking into a microphone thing and, and just generally when you're doing interviews kind of fumbling and stuff the I think one of the one of the real real benefits of recording this and also it not having most of the time a visual uh, a visual mm. aspect is we can fumble uh, we can fully go off track and and mess up and fall to pieces, uh, but then we just need to kind of breathe and pull ourselves together and and have another thwack at it, and we can cut all of the uh, general uh, you know ramblings uh, that don't make any sense out. Um, exactly, it's the beauty of editing. Solidly, is about th- a third of every episode I record is is uh, complete <laughs> nonsense. Which same here. <laughs> yeah. Which Theo, God bless him, has spent the past uh, kind of term and a half uh, editing out, um, and and now you've taken up the very graciously taken up the edit. I could do it myself. I'm. Uh, I have no excuse. I have no excuse. Uh, yeah, be better, let the master student. Do it instead. Yeah, be better than me. <laughs> but also a big, uh, big shout out to Theo for being such an angel with the editing oh, because huge, I've I've yeah. been swarmed with with work over the past term. So. You've you've been a godsend, Theo. Thank you. Yeah, he's 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 a wonderful man. He's a wonderful. He is man. a wonderful man. <laughs> um, yeah, and in terms of kind of getting more comfortable talking to people and interviewing people, I think listening to my uh, my first episode with who was it? I think it was Rebecca Bellis. Um, mm. Compared to like how I am now, I think that I have changed. Like I know, for, well, I don't think I know for a fact. I have got a lot more fluent and a lot more mm-hmm. kind of able to just uh, banter and and um like bounce around topics even if i don't know what i'm talking about which is regularly <laughs> um uh just but through this kind of through this podcast because uh yeah just through experience and if you are going to be starting a podcast if you're listening to this and you're thinking of starting a podcast you're thinking of starting something um absolutely you you probably won't like blow up blow people away on your first few episodes but that being said like you you get used to it like you get used to it and i've had i was very lucky that i think uh i've had some really close and good friends on the podcast um which helps that is something that i would say i i don't know for for my side of it at least because my side of it's a lot more 
um, kind of conversational, uh, having people you know and having people who you feel like you already have uh, chemistry and a connection with, um, that it really helps having them on. I agree. Yeah. Leading on from uh, your episodes, were there any particular topics that you weren't able to cover this year that you would have liked to? I... (sighs) Yes, is the answer. Um, the whole idea with my side of the podcast was, well, when we when we initially talked about it, was you were going to cover academic, um, mm-hmm. ac- like academic stuff. So how it essentially how how um, Shakespeare would be looked in like an English classroom. Oh no 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 no, no don't say that because this is better than how it's taught in oh, English classrooms. Oh, I'm I'm sure I didn't. That wasn't meant to be. Uh, we'll cut that out. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, I'm keeping this in. Oh, but yeah, and and then my thing was going to be more looking at kind of uh, practicing yeah. drama and theatre and, and stuff like that. And the, over time, it has kind of changed into being more of a um, talking about generally theatre, but specifically whichever show or topic the, the uh, interviewee has yeah. brought with them. So a lot, it's usually talking to a director, talking to a cast member about that. So in terms of stuff that I wish I had done more of or done, talked more deeply into, it would be kind of how uh, theatre is kind of Mm. practised. Although I would love to have done more about it, I think it would almost have been, not disrespectful, but uh, like assuming of me to take up uh, that role and to talk about things that although I have had some experience in I don't think I've had as much experience in as other people um, mm-hmm. and so it has become kind of more about talking about theatre in general and theatre uh, and how people's specific approaches uh, to theatre uh, basically just focusing a little bit more on the guest uh, than focusing on a topic which yeah I, I think I think as long as people I mean I can't speak for the people who I've interviewed, um, but I have had a really nice time talking to them. And it's generally when they are talking, they get really excited because it's talking about themselves. Who doesn't love doing that? <laughs> Why do you think we run a podcast? You just love the sound of your, your own voice, don't Look, you, Jack? I can't refute that. <laughs> uh, I wish I could. Anyway. My ego aside. My next question is, um, how have you found the podcast itself as a learning experience, both on a technical aspect, but also an educational one? Definitely in terms of setup. I think something that's really underplayed when you start doing this is how important sound quality is. Definitely. And the setup you're going to be recording in is. Right now, I have just a series of, like, noise absorbing things everywhere set up around me um i also have i've told all my housemates to shut up uh for 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 the next like half an hour so i can do this because honestly just the tiniest thing distracts people so much when they're when they're listening to especially if it's a podcast because all you can hear is someone's voice and then you suddenly hear I don't know, someone talking about what they're going to have for dinner and it just throws off the entire thing or you have to repeat it. Uh, Educationally, I think as I was saying earlier about kind of uh, my podcast with with Lolly and with James, um, 
I have learned a lot about how people view theatre, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's really great to just listen to people talk about something they're passionate about. Yeah. And learn something about you, like, learn something about something that you know nothing about, which is, yeah, it's just, it's just really, it's just really nice. Um, hopefully you don't seem like a total ass while you're doing it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's a me problem. <laughs> I think uh, definitely from a technical aspect, again, sound is a big thing. I did a lot of research prior to the the formation of the podcast into the best type of mic setup for podcasts, like condenser versus dynamic, Um, whether that's going to pick up cars around me, um, how soundproof the room has to be, but also the setup itself because right now we're recording via zoom so we have that spontaneity of conversation but we're also recording on a separate uh, a separate recording program so we have yeah. that combination um and it's just a, a way of of making sure because obviously we're not in the same room none of us have actually been in the same room for any of our episodes um, that's a horrifying but very good point <laughs> it is. Uh, but look at it we we, we did it during a pandemic we did do it we did we, we managed did to communicate it. the remote recording process to our guests and they they have all like lapped it up immediately and and did it and it's i think it's turned out great and i think it's progressed um as as we've gone on and in terms of the education side of things you know like yourself i still have imposter syndrome i still mm. don't think i'm qualified enough to talk about these subjects but that's why I get these guests in because they they know what they're talking about. They are uh, that's what they're specialized in. So it's brilliant to ha- come uh, come into uh, recording an episode and have that experience on the other side, and then you can just bounce off of them. And every time I I do an episode or every time I host a an academic discussion group, um, even then I don't know everything that I'm lecturing about you know I I go off the room I I do my preliminary research I do my presentation but it's all about giving and receiving you know you you need that um, participation on the other side to really create a a, a brilliant and inviting academic um, environment and I think what the podcast has done is allow it's almost an extension of the academic discussions but um audibly and yeah it, it just gives people another opportunity to come in and, and just talk about what they love best um to do with shakespeare so i, I think it's been a great experience for everybody yeah I, I i would completely agree i in terms of getting people on who actually know what they're talking about i i think that is that's so that is so true like i i i once again will go back to kind of the lolly episode mm-hmm. right at the beginning of our discussion we started talking about the history of makeup and and stuff that mpa were doing uh, at the time which was looking at why there is a stigma towards men using makeup yeah and as a man who doesn't use makeup i don't know a lot about that and i as i also know absolutely nothing about the history of makeup uh, mm-hmm. in general um and so i was very kind of nervous going into it kind of talking about it but and this is advice for anyone who wants to talk to people and interview people on a podcast um when you don't know a lot about the subject that they are going to be talking to firstly research be better than me 
but do it doing a little bit of research and being able to have a kind of small arsenal to be able to back and forth with people is is always great uh, and the other thing is realize that the other person knows more than you <laughs> it's always a good thing to admit <laughs> i'm just amazed at how long this has been running this has been running through the the whole academic year and True. i think everyone who's been a part of it whether that's editors co-hosts or, or guests especially the guests i think they should be proud of of what they've they've managed to put out and and share with with their listeners and i i think i remember reading somewhere before we started this podcast um where it said the true test of a, po a podcast is whether it goes beyond seven or eight episodes because that tends right. to be the cutoff point and we have successfully surpassed that and i think uh, we're about 30 episodes now i could be wrong oh i don't know maybe i think maybe. it's something like that yeah but i i just you know i i think what we've done here is is amazing for the society in terms of sharing aspects of shakespeare that uh, and theater for that matter that isn't really discussed in the, in the classroom and it it turns the conversation onto the guests and just lets them you know express their passion for theater and shakespeare in any way that they want and i think i think that's a beautiful thing um but do you think that we'll be seeing more podcasts from other societies at royal holloway in the future i mean i hope so I hope so because if if they are going to have as good a time as we've had, or mm. I, I I speak for myself here, but uh, I, I'm I've sure you'd agree. Time too. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I I'm I'm really happy with the I'm I'm really happy with the fact that we did this. Yeah. Um. I because obviously it was originally going to be, um, just you doing it, and it yes. was going to be a weekly thing, and I'm. I mean, we have had, in terms of scheduling for this, we have had uh, once a week, three times a week, twice <laughs> a week. Uh, it's been all over the shop, but we mm -hmm. have managed to, all the way through it, consistently put out roughly about an episode a week. And that is, that I, I'm really proud that even if, yeah, I'm just just really proud that we've we've managed to keep going. Will other societies do the same i don't know i i i yeah i hope i hope so um and i hope that i really hope that our successors uh i mean supan uh continues the continues this um i'm sure he will he has released episodes with us already uh which are really great go check that out uh interviewing as an ahmed um, one of our alumni, and and yeah, I, I I think I I think that there will be more. Whether they will be as long lived, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really hope that Bar Times continues, even if it's just for an ego thing of something that we have built, uh, <laughs> kind of we've started, and we'll just continue. That would be really really cool. The legacy of Bar Times. Oh, don't, don't. <laughs> So obviously a large part of working on a podcast is speaking to people and and it's something that we, you know, as we were saying earlier, it gets easier the more you do it. But um, 
Is there any way that you usually approach kind of lulls in the conversation or like roadblocks? Speaking from experience, being the most introverted little hermit that has ever lived, um, I'm not the best with people, especially in person. So I would say the Zoom format itself has automatically made me more confident on my end to uh, to speak and to fill those gaps. Um, but it's, it's not necessarily like uh, awkward silences that you have to fill. It's more the, the segues between... Um, your guest's answer and then your next question mm-hmm. and what I tend to do is add a, like a little preamble on um, the beginning of my question so I I try and go off of whatever the guest has answered um, just speak off the cuff speak spontaneously and see if that kind of can transition easily into that preamble which then can transition into my next question so I would say as well as doing research into your chosen topic again what Jack was saying earlier very important especially with topics like Shakespeare you need that base knowledge but again to to boost your confidence add those those little preambles at the beginning of your your questions because it really helps the transition and it, and it makes it more fluid and it makes my little introverted self more confident in what I'm saying so it, it doesn't come to the point where I'm, I'm rambling and I'm going cool yes yeah, so um th- I've got another question here <sighs> um yeah you know it, it it just it makes it more professional that way and it boosts your confidence and if you're confident then the guest is also confident yeah I think that that's a really great piece of advice it, a lot of kind of how your Per, the your person your interviewee will feel will be based off of how you are acting if you act shy and and i mean it's just the same as if you're giving a presentation in a class like if you come across as shy and fiddling with your hands and looking down and being quiet they are going to think that what you're saying is probably less worth listening to than if you go up big, bold and brash, which obviously most of the people listening to the podcast, as far as I am aware, are drama students. Uh, So that's probably not something that we need to tell, (laughs) you know, that that population. But it's certainly something that I've I've noticed um, doing biology. A lot of a lot of the people kind of you need that that confidence even if you don't feel it you need to exude it um just to make it till you make it yeah just for you yeah exactly it's uh, an adage as old as time itself and for a good reason so i think on that note we'll we'll start finishing up and so as per every episode i do have to ask cassie dixon what is your favorite shakespeare play well, I'm glad you asked Jack Hardman. Well, I am always torn between two, and that is Hamlet and Much Ado About Nothing. They couldn't be more on separate ends of the spectrum, but Much Ado About Nothing has just the absolute perfect amount of banter, and you can't go wrong with Benedict and Beatrice because they are, oh my goodness, they are beautiful and they are hilarious, and every single production that I've seen of them, I just I just fall in love with them over agree and over more. again. And with Hamlet, you can just do so much with it. It's psychological, it's analytical. 
that I love analyzing, but I love watching it. And there's not many things I can say, oh, I can sit down in one sitting and watch a four hour play. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. and I will happily do that with Hamlet because it is absolutely amazing. But mm. Mr. Hardman, I'm, I'm going to have to ask you now, what is your favorite Shakespeare play? It's true. Uh, I've kept it hidden. <laughs> the Shakespeare plays that I know and I know a lot about are the ones that I've done generally. Uh, that being said, two that I really, really enjoy are um, The Tempest that I've not done are The Tempest and Much Do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I just, I mean, everyone who knows me personally and, and has what I've watched my episode with Theo um knows that i'm a big fantasy uh guy i love i love D. Really? yeah i've never mentioned it anyone no, who's seen that go check out the the <laughs> the D series on uh <laughs> on on youtube uh and the new series is coming out soon if it hasn't already gone out i don't Ooh. know whether i finished editing it uh <laughs> by the time this episode actually goes out um but yeah so i i love that and the tempest is just a kind of great just fantasy world there's a reason why i set the first uh like D series that we did with shakespeare in the world of the tempest mm-hmm. um and as for much do just as you said benedict and beatrice just incredible characters just oh, yeah. oh i mean <laughs> let's we all know uh i can't remember the the guy's name i think it begins with an l um, the the guy who's meant to be like the romantic lead, but is actually a complete uh, knob. Can I say knob? I think <laughs> knob is is a um, Claudio. Claudio is who I mean. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, he's not is he's not the greatest character in the world. No, but there are a series of uh, around him are a series of just really fun. Uh, characters who are either just the worst and that's great <laughs> or 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 just have a lot of fun and that's what you want to see in a play in my opinion Absolutely. sometimes <laughs> always well I think that is just about all we have time for for this last episode so first off Jack, I just want to say thank you so much for being my co-host and making this podcast happen. Oh, stop it. No, 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 let me. (laughs) I, again, as you said at the beginning, it was just meant to be me and I would have drowned under the amount of work um, I would have had to do by myself. So thank you so much for taking hold of the mantle and creating this wonderful podcast with me. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to do that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it has meant so much to me. It's been a really a thing that I think we can both say we're really proud of. Uh, and yeah, it's been a great opportunity and I've loved it. Uh, so yeah, thank you for, for saying yes when I, when I asked her to join. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who has listened in over the past academic year and to everyone listening today. Yeah. This podcast wouldn't have been, uh, it wouldn't have been made without kind of the dedication and the support of all of you guys at home, all of our listeners. So signing off for the final time, uh, this is and has been Jack Hardman and Cassie Dixon. Stay safe and in the words of the Bard himself, whether we shall meet again, I know not. If we do meet again, why, we shall smile. <laughs>